Hey everybody, this is Taylor from Game Devs Quest with this week's quick tip. If you're just getting started with pixel art, two things you could do to get better is start incorporating dithering into your drawing and also removing jaggies. Dithering basically is a way of transitioning from one color to another and jaggies are extra pixels that you don't need when drawing a shape. If you need any information about this, just do a quick Google search for pixel art jaggies or pixel art dithering. Everybody, welcome to Game Devs Quest, your once weekly podcast scrubbing the dups and the lippy lup wup wups. I'm Red. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm Taylor. What's up, guys? Hey, beautiful Monday morning over here on the PN Dub. Mm-hmm. We've had a heat wave. Might have heard us bitching about it last week. It's been still. It's still been pretty warm, and this week it seems like it's only going to stay bad. Uh, so stay cool out there, friends. Yeah, dude. Well, did you hear that Japan? Well, first of all, they got hit by a flood a couple weeks ago that killed a ton of people. And then this Yeah, week... did we talk about this in the translation of training clouds? Uh, I don't know. Did I talk to you about this? Was this on the podcast? <laughs> it might have been, dude. I remember nothing from our recording the, sessions. <laughs> the outside world was like making fun of Japan because like it's their headlines were reading when translated as though like they're mad at the world for like controlling weather or something oh yeah (laughs) okay yeah you did tell me this right because it's actually though their word like when it's translated training it means clouds that like rolled over them like a train yeah yeah you did tell me that uh but yeah so they got hit by a heat wave like yesterday that was at average temperatures were 106 and that's the hottest ever recorded which is like you know What's new? That's just how it goes nowadays. So at least we're not that bad. It is pretty hot in Oregon, but it's not Japan's status. Japan likes to take things to the extreme. Yeah, absolutely. That's the Japanese way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, oh, dude, speaking of Japan, did you listen to the new episode of Hardcore History? Oh, the one about the war in the South Pacific? Yeah, dude. No, I freaking I meant to. I've been driving so much for work, but I ended up getting sucked into couple other episodes of Joe Rogan, but I oh, had yeah. that like on standby ready to go. Yeah, it was a well, good one. And then also also your new C D um oh, uh, yeah. collection that you gave I... to me was really distracting as well. <laughs> yeah, I gave Rhett literally every C D that I have. Dude, you got some good stuff. I do, yeah. Well it's not it's not mine anymore. <laughs> no. I got some good stuff. <laughs> That's right, dude. Not to derail too much, but I gotta say this: I've been I've been holding off texting you about it this whole week just to bring it up on the podcast. But... Oh boy! <laughs> so like, you know, uh, me and Taylor obviously we're we're really into metal music, um, and like you know, a lot of the m- music we got into early on in the days was like in the Christian scene, right? Mm-hmm. Which like I always really liked because it was heavy music, but without like content that i thought was like like cringy you know what i mean like most of the time like the christian metal may as well be like secular metal just with like 
you know, it had like beautiful poetic lyrics. They yeah. rarely ever were like, my God is an awesome God. You know, it wasn't like. <laughs> well, dude, and it was most of it too is like, you know, epic, like freaking becoming the archetype, dude, when they're yes. talking about like storming hell. Like, yeah, that stuff <laughs> yeah, is yeah. badass. That'll get you pumped, man. Yeah, dude. Becoming the archetype. Okay, so here's what I wanted to talk about, though. Like, because I went through and, you know, I was asking Taylor about some recommendations. You're like, dude, can't go wrong with War of Ages. Now, I listened to three War of Ages albums. And <laughs> I got it. Dude, it did not live up to my memory. Really? Oh. I mean, What's I have What's their haven't... first album? Arise and Conquer? That sounds right. It's the one with, like, a picture of a brown shield on it. Or, like, gold, uh, yeah. maybe bronze shield. Yeah, I don't remember which. So, I listened to, like... It wasn't good? <laughs> dude, like, I don't know, man. It's good, but, okay, here's well, the Well, it's too. all the same, is yeah. the thing. It's literally the same for, like, seven albums. Yeah, there's no... <laughs> it's, it's all the same. Yeah. It's all the same, and maybe my memory is because, like, I remember probably just picking a couple songs I really like because I, I used to be really into, like, mixed CDs. Yeah. So, like, you know, I'd walk around with my Walkman CD player, and I'd have mixed CDs of all my favorite songs. Right. Now, some albums that, like, lived up, you know, like Sunrise Over Sea of Blood, oh, Mortal yeah. Treason, yeah. was really good. Becoming the Archetype, really good. Uh, Although I didn't have uh, Terminate Damnation. I had the one where they literally say the word fire, like three times every times, song yeah. yeah i didn't listen to it but I, I i did go i went and listened to becoming the archetype specifically because i was pining after something like more serious like here's yeah. the problem i had like with war of ages maybe less so war of ages but i listened to for today which is what i was trying to get to and i listened to their first album and their second album and like they have never really been my favorite band but dude like it's so bad how juvenile their music sounds <laughs> Like, just take away their, like, vocals and just, like, listen to the guitar and drums, and it's so juvenile. It yeah. sounds like a bunch of young dudes trying to, like, make music. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's uh, so weird. <laughs> yeah, man. No, I get that. I mean, they just, like, they do those things that... Ride them, drop... cowboy! Yeah, like, they Fuck have off. very distinct, like, breaks for a bell you know, on on the, on the drum set, like a ding. Yeah. And they also have like, they start off songs like sweeps on the guitar constantly. It's yeah, like, I mean, some of that stuff was okay. Like, I can't remember the song, like, like the one that's like right before, like ready for a fight or whatever. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it sounds good. Like I'm impressed with the guitar playing and everything, but like, you know, and Bailey pointed this out too, and I, and it's something I've thought for a long time. But part of my issue is is like when they started like triggering the bass drums. Like, oh yeah, the bass drums just they're it's the same sound. Like right. there's no dynamic to it, you know? Right. Yeah. They're like like, but then I go and like listen to like Born of Osiris, and like you can kind of tell the drums are triggered, but everything else just sounds so much more dynamic. It sounds like grown up, you know? <laughs> you listen to well. I think that was pretty common though for that that t like there were a lot of bands that I was really into that matched up to there were just a few that were like gems in like this whole big pool of other bands you know like yeah 
like I think August Burns Red is like one of the most technically savvy bands of those types of bands that uh, sure. that we listen to, and they like you could see their progression. They like really matured, but there's yeah. a lot of bands like for today who pretty much were the same. Stayed the same. Yeah, and yeah. like they're like they were sort of a guilty pleasure of mine for a while, and like yeah. I'll go back. Like I haven't listened to those guys in at least five years, but I remember going back and listening and like still liking it. But then, yeah, it it all is kind of the same. You know, it's not Don't really that wrong. exciting. I enjoyed it. It was a trip down memory lane. Yeah, for that, sure. yeah, that's what a lot of it is. But but yeah, you know, it's just weird. Like it's just <laughs> it's funny how I was like listening, and then War of Ages. I was trying so hard, and I was like, "What the hell did I ever like about this?" Like it's good. I love the guitar playing. Yeah. But after a certain point, all of the songs are indistinguishable. Yeah, it really is. And part of the Which reason is- I recommended it was because I couldn't even remember what else I had. <laughs> Dude, yeah, but I did go through. I've listened to like two of your Amana Marth albums. Oh. I even went back and listened to the Crusher, which was always my favorite one. It is yeah. they're so good. Dude, Amana Marth <laughs> like, is probably top three bands of mine all time. Dude, like, it's weird because like, you know, you go and you're like trying to like you trying to find more Amana Marth, and you're like, okay, like Pursuit of Vikings. Um, <laughs> what's the other like some of their other songs? Uh, like northern star or whatever that one's Dude, called yeah. like freaking with odin on our side is like the yeah. best album i think well actually Dude. with odin on our side and twilight of the thunder god are like <laughs> <laughs> two of the best albums ever dude like yeah. uh it's i don't know some of some of their stuff is kind of a miss for me um like yeah out, some of the early stuff outside of pursuit of vikings is not like not really up to what i like but and then also surter rising is yes. kind of well i was gonna say surter rising is they have it's a decent album but they have like a number of songs that are just kind of boring in my opinion i, I just the last one i listened to is surter rising i really uh, enjoyed it okay well i haven't uh, listened to it in a while but but still dude it's so funny like my favorite album is like one of their older ones the crushers like yeah <laughs> i don't know why dude but it's like it's just more percussive in a way like mm. I don't know, you know, go listen to Master of War, and that's, like, everything I, I want out of, like, a, a Monomarth song, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, dude, freaking... I gotta say, I've seen them in concert twice, yeah. and they put on, like, some of the best shows. Like, yeah. like uh, oh, what's Live for the Kill, you know, where they have Apocalyptica in the middle of the song. They, like, break, nice. and then it's, like, only cellos. They, like, turn the lights off in that show when that was playing, and everyone's, like, freaking out. And then, like, when they come in, you know, and, of course, what's-his-name is, like, screaming, like, first thing. Like, they just have, like, these freaking uh, lights. What are the kind that just, like, flash over and over? Strobe lights. Yeah, strobe lights, like, giving you seizures. But, dude, it was, like, it was so intense. And that song is, like, one of my favorites of theirs. Yeah, but, dude, so so good. Yeah. Anybody who's curious too, Mana Marth. Uh, it's funny because like all of their songs are about like Nordic mythology and like all of this stuff, but like their name is derived from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it means <laughs> Mountain Doom and is it Elvish? I can't remember. Yeah, Sindarin specifically. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah dude, they're so awesome. They actually really changed my preference in metal. Like before yeah. that. I was like just straight up listening to metalcore. Like yeah. 
only bands like As I Lay Dying and August Burns Red and The Devil Wears Prada. And then yeah. after them, I was like, you know what? Death metal is like pretty awesome. <laughs> and then yeah, I started I totally to branch prefer... out a lot more. I, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, I love the metalcore sound, but like, I totally prefer like that. It's not like true metal by any sense, but like that more like metal metal, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I think that also metalcore is more like juvenile just just um, a little bit like the tropes of it yeah yeah that's why like i that's why like honestly like i prefer hardcore more than i prefer metalcore and i prefer like metal more than i prefer metalcore <laughs> yeah i don't know i still like, like the middle ground is just weird i never was huge into like hardcore like but i don't really necessarily i'm not into punk really at all and yeah. hardcore is like kind of a yeah, it's just punk. another branch of punk. Um, yeah, but yeah, man, I'm glad that you like are listening to those though. It's kind of funny. Like, it's been fun. Yeah. So before, well, a long time ago, like ten years ago, that was like mine and Rhett's life was music and going to metal shows. And so most of these bands that we have CDs of, or that I had CDs of, like we all saw live. We all like bought merch at their shows like i remember one of the funniest things we used to like go to these shows on like a tuesday night and like we lived in mount angel which was like an hour and a half away from portland and we would like get our parents to drive us up there at least for a little while uh to go see a show and then we'd come back the next day and we'd all be like dead tired but we'd be like rocking our merch and i remember when we saw um I think it was like one of the first shows we went to. Uh, the chariot was like headlining, yeah. and we like we ended up leaving like partway through their set. But you bought the chariot belt buckle, and yeah. you like you like walked around high school like the hallways like showing that belt buckle off, like you know putting your hands kind of in your belt strap or whatever. Yeah, dude, I was just... rocking the French tuck, son. The <laughs> yeah. French tuck. <laughs> Dude, yeah, was... you know what's actually really funny is actually so jackie <laughs> cody's sister bought that for me oh really yeah that's I funny paid her back for it <laughs> <laughs> nice that sounds like old red <laughs> she works down the street from me i should walk in and just give her 10 bucks that's funny dude uh yeah well it's but funny it, too yeah, because... i still have that belt buckle really do you wear yeah. it i have i have a whole collection of belt buckles like one of my favorite things to have like that and like good ties <laughs> uh it's very eclectic but yeah i haven't i haven't worn it in a while but i ha- I do wear it every once in a while like i cycle through my belt but like my favorite ones and i i like that one a lot i've never owned a belt buckle well it's because you got to have a belt that works with them which is not common anymore oh yeah i also haven't gone to a metal show in a long time that sells belt buckles <laughs> <laughs> not all my belt buckles are from metal i shows. know i know i'm just kidding <laughs> like i have like one of my favorite ones i have like a jack daniels belt buckle i've got one that's like i have a bunch of like weird designs like one that's just like a moose <laughs> yeah well i i kind of feel like um more country people probably wear belt buckles and so a lot that's of times not entirely true it, probably not you know but a lot of times that would probably relate to like hunting and stuff like that so i i can see that it's just fun because just like how you can change like 
your tie design, you can wear the same belt and have like a different design on it. You know, yeah. and I have like really neutral ones, and then I have like some really gaudy ones. <laughs> like it's fun. I don't know. It's just like another accessory. Yeah, man. And men don't get to accessorize enough. You know, like we get made fun of that type <laughs> of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's true, man. That's, That's why, why I cling to. I cling on to the couple things I can't. Like I can wear a hat. I can wear like a watch. I can yeah. wear a tie. That is about it, dude. That and, and facial hair. Now I got hair. belt buckles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know? And honestly, I think like a, a, like some of my more nice belt buckles look nice, even on like with a suit. Like you know, they look nice, like more than just a fucking regular old belt. Yeah, my belts too. Like the part that wears the most is the the part that like goes through the loop or whatever. Yeah. And so, like, they start looking kind of crappy. So, if I did have a belt buckle, it would cover that, which I guess well, would be kind of nice. Yeah, absolutely. Also, man, you just got to invest in a good belt. I've had the same two belts for, like, 15 years. Well, one for, like, 10 years because I got it from Danny. We talked about that the last <laughs> time we recorded. Danny gave it to me the night I went and saw The Dark Knight with him because <laughs> my pants were falling he goes here dude wear this and he gave me his belt and he never like i never could get it and back you've to had him. it for all this time. yeah dude it's like yeah. the perfect belt and it's like i wear it every day <laughs> every day uh that's funny i don't yeah. think my belts are bad i mean i think i probably spent like 30 bucks on them i don't know what what a good belt like costs but I guess I don't know either. But <laughs> <laughs> you got to get a good belt, you know, one of those ones that hands you that like hand it down for de- generations. Well, you're talking about, well, yeah, dude, I'm sure I could hand this one down. Like, but you know, you're talking about how your belt wears and it doesn't look nice. Like, mine is like worn, but it looks nicer. I guess, man. Maybe it's uh leather versus pleather. Well, that's the thing, man. Like, I had a real wallet for a really long time i got it in like the sixth grade and i just got rid of it like a couple years ago dude that that wallet was so durable and bailey like finally convinced me to throw it out because like i would had i had to sew it back together at the bottom (laughs) and she's like just throw it away and i did and i shouldn't have i should have just kept sewing it (laughs) like maybe sewn it better and she like she convinced me to get another belt. So I just like, or uh, another wallet. So I bought one out of the store that looked nice, but like, so it's starting to peel and it's just like a freaking cloth wallet underneath that like seemed to be leather. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and my stupid eyes like couldn't tell like that it was fake. But the other one, dude, when it started falling apart, like this motherfucking wallet was like pure cowhide all the way through, you know? It's yeah. like durable. And and now I feel bad because like I'm gonna have to go buy another wallet. Like what a fucking waste right. of materials. Like just gonna go into a landfill somewhere where I could have spent the money and had a wallet that was like still with me for another fifteen or twenty years, you know? Like Yeah, like I like those things that last like a generation or a lifetime or whatever, you know? Yeah, man. That's why I think we talk about it on the podcast all the time, but I really love R slash buy it for life. Yeah. Um, because they really, really celebrate durable ba- uh, brands, you know? Right. They really celebrate well-made things, which uh, we don't do enough anymore, man. No, man. Everything is one-use disposable. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, hey, man. Yep. Uh, yeah. How'd you do on your challenge this week? 
Yeah. So if you guys remember, Taylor challenged me to line up some interviews and I succeeded. I have an interview lined up. Uh, we don't, I guess we don't necessarily have it scheduled, but I've got one confirmed uh, interview for a voice actor who has voice acted in video games. Particularly, he is uh, celebrated right now for uh, an adult video game called House Party, <laughs> which I think is available on Steam for like 15 bucks. Nice. But I would say that the story of this game is kind of interesting because uh, I th- he gets a lot of funds from Steam, obviously. People like buying the game. And it's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure, like, but it's like adult exploits. You know what I mean? Like, you're trying to hook up with people in this game. And it has, like, multiple endings and stuff. Uh, different la- like you know, different story paths that you can go down, which I guess is kind of interesting. But what's more is the guy's development of this game seems to be pretty, um, pretty open. Um, he got a lot of funds from Patreon, and as he reaches certain goals, he adds more things to the game, which is kind of cool. So he has like a very dynamic game right now with lots of input from his fan base and players and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, yeah, a buddy of mine who I do a podcast with, voice actors in that game, and he graciously agreed to come on and talk about his experience uh, doing that. Uh, he has a funny story to tell you all about. I think I might have mentioned it briefly, like, one of the last episodes, uh, a funny little story about how he didn't know that the game was, like, adult-themed, like adult <laughs> you know? Uh, like, triple X-themed in a way. Not that the game... I don't think the game shows anything, really. Like, I could be well, wrong Well, I'm that, looking at... I'm looking at I guess yeah I did uh, see a screenshots and it's yeah. like it looks like this woman is like almost naked and there's like an orgasm meter so it's pretty yeah, adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh my god right yeah 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 uh that's true I guess I guess it does show stuff I'm looking at stuff right now and there's censored pictures so yeah search at your own risk the game is called House Party it's on Steam um but anyway if you guys are interested he voices uh, the character Frank, um, which is, like, one of the only, like, male characters in the game. Yeah, I see his picture uh, here. He's, like, yeah, <laughs> ripped and bald and looks like he wants to fight somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's the bouncer of the party, basically. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's but, super uh, funny, dude. Yeah, but anyway, the it's kind of funny. I was just like watching videos. Like, there's ton. I this game has a weird following on YouTube. People love watching people play it and like and just ripping on it. You know, like because I don't <laughs> think the game is good by any means, but it's pretty. Like, people love how funny it is and shit like that. So, um, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. But anyway, we'll have uh, Bentley Michaels on to uh, to talk about his involvement with that which i think will be fun nice um and then yeah and then i reached out to a couple other people i don't want to spoil it uh just yet because we haven't got any confirmations uh back but nice man yeah if everything goes to plan we're gonna have a bunch of interviews lined up so cool uh, well, look forward work. to that all aspects of game development we got some coders that i reached out to more voice actors composers artists so um if there's anything that you guys want to hear more about uh, let us know in the Discord or on Twitter, and we'll see about you know reaching out to people. We're totally open, and uh, you know we uh, we love talking to people about their work. So yeah, man, it's it's exciting having people on and hearing different perspectives. And I'm sure you guys get tired of hearing just us, so. <laughs> or maybe not. You keep coming back, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Nice. How dude. about you, buddy? <clears throat> um, so my challenge was to read some fiction, and I started listening to Lord of the Rings again. And dude, it was so nice. <laughs> yeah. Like I haven't read Lord of the Rings in quite a while. Um, but it's like one of my favorite books. In fact, the other, well, it might've been this week or last week, uh, <clears throat> on stream, I was like showing off some of my Lord of the Rings books, which are pretty awesome. I have like s- several special editions with like gold pages and stuff. Like I don't consider myself a hoarder necessarily, but I have this affinity for Lord of the Rings books. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was nice getting back in there. At, like listening to the book um i always love some like a narrator who first of all has a british accent and then second of all does voices and so i got a good narrator i don't remember his name but uh it kind of just like was nostalgic and comforting listening to it because like lord of the rings is something that really defined like my middle school to early high school years like it was just one of those worlds that i was kind of getting lost in and i'm sure a ton of people feel that same way about it because it's such an iconic book um but yeah dude it was it was really awesome i want to want to get in there and finish it but it's gonna be it's pretty long it's like 50 60 hours so i'll be going on that for a while although alia and i talked about um books that really just like shaped our well i was gonna say childhood but our lives and it made me want to like find something new, like another series that I could just kind of get lost in. And with the book club and everything, like I haven't been getting into fiction books for a while. Um, I read Childhood's End not that long ago, but like I want something on the scale of like Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Game of Thrones. Like that's probably the last last one that I just got like consumed by was uh, Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah, but I'm not sure what else. Like, I want something that I just like get enthralled by and like sucked in. You know? Well, I know you, you have finished some the Dresden Files. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's my favorite book series. Yeah, I mean, it's so freaking good, man. Like, I how far did you get? You only got to like the fourth book or something, right? Like, yeah, it only gets better, man. Nice. Like the next several books, like introduce this like really epic conflict yeah i've heard there's like some pretty huge like uh story events that kind of like span through the rest of the series oh yeah dude like the last book that was uh that was just uh really well it wasn't just released it was like a year or two ago it uh introduced like one of the biggest baddies not introduced but it, it it featured like one of the biggest baddies in the whole series and they Dude, the the stuff that happened was just so freaking epic, and the and it's just a huge payoff because you have you know, granted, it's book fifteen, yeah. so <laughs> it's like you have fourteen other books upon which to draw from, so right. everything just feels so rewarding. That's Dude, cool. It's well, so good. You know, like, maybe I should get those on audiobook. Yeah, why not? Dude, the guy who reads them is really good. It's the guy who plays Spike um on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I think it's James Marston. And then um and then when he doesn't start reading them, I can't remember, but dude, all uh, both of the guys that read the books are really, really good. Like I can't recommend those books enough. Yeah. And I always try to downplay it because like, you know, people always say that I oversell it, but like <laughs> like seriously though, like 
I mean, did you like Name of the Wind and stuff? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, Name of the okay, Wind was awesome. Okay, so <clears throat> it's Patrick Rothfuss's favorite book series. Um, and it's so good. It's just like modern. It's easy to read. I really like the first one. The second one... Uh, yeah, the with, second one sucks. Yeah. I didn't like the second one. To me, I honestly... I always tell people the series really starts in the third book. See, and I know that I finished the third book. What was that one called again? Uh, Grave Peril. And it's the with one ghosts, where you're right? introduced to Michael for the first time. Okay, yeah. That the, sounds uh, familiar. The Ar- Ar- Archangel or whatever? Archangel? Well, no. He's not an Archangel, but oh. he's... Um, He's like a knight of the cross or whatever they're called. Like, uh, so in this world, uh, there were three swords or maybe like more. I think it was three swords that were like forged from like the nails that like crucified Jesus, you know? And those swords ha- just like, you know, are basically like swords of fate that just like fall into people's laps and they can like answer the call or not. And Michael is one of them that wields this sword that, like, is basically, like, later on, Dresden does some research, and he's like, oh, like, huh, this sword was given to King Arthur by the Lady of the Lake, and it turns out, like, Michael's sword is basically Excalibur, you know, oh, which is kind of cool. That's pretty cool, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, like, used to, uh, the Knights of the Cross f- just fight the uh, fallen angels, basically, that are on Earth. That, like, they only can spread via these, like, cursed Roman coins basically and if you touch it then you're infected by um the mind of a fallen angel <laughs> oh dang and they and they work to like you know obviously like work their own agenda or whatever and like subvert your mind so that they can ultimately like take over your body and shit like that. <laughs> it's kind of interesting damn yeah yeah dude it's really good like i don't know how far you got because i think book five is where that all like that whole conflict starts now nah, i think i only got through book three so oh, you didn't yeah. read about the fairy courts or anything? I don't think so. That doesn't sound familiar. Oh, yeah. I, I remember loaning you book four and you like gave it back to me. So maybe you never finished it. Yeah, but... I think uh, John Schaefer wanted them or something. And you asked me oh, if, yeah, I, you're right. if I was done or whatever. And I was like, well, I think I started reading Game of Thrones at the same time. And that's oh. why. Well, now that so. that's over, dude, you got to finish. It's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, it's so good. And like by time you're done, man, it's going to feel like Game of Thrones epic, you know, Dang. like. Because there's so much going on and there's this huge conflict and it just feels so epic, you know, like, yeah, like it feels like by the time you get to book 15, man, it feels <laughs> like, you know, you got that Infinity War, like level, right. like epicness going on. How many books are there supposed to be? There's it's supposed to be 23, but who knows if he'll change that or not. Gotcha. Dang, God, but they're so all they're easily readable. Yeah, yeah, it's you know? true. Like, I remember short. reading the first one in like three days or something. Yeah. The yeah. first one's fun and it really introduces like what the series is about. The second one shows his like forethought into like planning out how so anybody who doesn't know the Dresden Files, it's is I should have explained this way sooner. It's uh it's an urban fantasy book. So it's a fantasy book that takes place in like our modern world. And in this world, all of these fairy tales, all of these myths are real. There are wizards, there are vampires, there are werewolves. There are ghosts, there's fairies, there's um, trolls that live under the bridge, you know, like that type of stuff. Like any type of like fairy tale or myth that you can think of, it exists in this world probably in some way or another. He even has like, uh, you know, like Navajo mythology in it. And uh, 
<clears throat> and things like that. And it's really, really, really well done. And he hits the head on some of the tropes too, that like in a really good way. Like one of my favorites in the first book, <clears throat> Dresden, who is a wizard and a private investigator, which is really fun. He is like going down into his like laboratory and he like dons a bathrobe and he's like, yes, that's right. Like, you know, wizards wear robes like don't you know that one like and he just puts on a bathrobe basically <laughs> and he's like look he's like wizards don't wear wear robes because of like some mystical rule that makes them we wear robes because well they're easy to put on and it's cold <laughs> yeah there there's definitely this funny kind of charm about the main character oh the books are so funny man like no book like has me laughing one minute like crying the next like <laughs> more than the dresden files man yeah yeah i'll have to add it to the list again because otherwise i'm like again i'm like oh what what do i do wheel of time <laughs> yeah wheel of time's good but also I like know. sort of truth if you never i like i don't know yeah. if you ever read that uh i don't think i did i think you, you should have. the first one's like the first actually that whole book series is epic but so yeah. like wheel of time's epic but like that's a lot of books Ugh, man. if you want something that's fun dude dresden files is like you feel like you're getting so much yeah. done well like, and with those books it too epic. yeah the the series itself is like 16 books and each one's like a thousand pages <laughs> yeah uh, exactly it's for, ridiculous for wheel of time, you know? yeah yeah and it's good and it's epic and the payoffs are huge, but uh, you know, if you want more like bang for your buck, man, you gotta read Dresden Files. Yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, Wizard First Rule's good. Also, like, I don't know, the Expanse series I've been reading is really fun. That's science fiction, but it's like a fun romp, really yeah. fast paced. Uh God, there's a bunch of stuff you can read. Oh yeah, dude. That it's it's the same thing as like choosing a game engine yeah it's like what do i even pick like i want something that's good i want something that's well vetted but then it's like you know you you look up like best science fiction book and like all the classics come up you're like well yeah the classics are great but they're slow man like yeah childhood's end man it's yeah, a slog right <laughs> yeah it was hard to get through but it, the end was awesome yeah exactly but that's the fun thing like Dresden page turner you know what i mean right like wheel yeah. of time dude you're gonna get to some parts where you just want to put the fucking book down dude. right you know, know like imagine slogging through fucking feast of crows again yeah like, <laughs> i know dude i read the, i read the first 400 pages of that book and then i stopped and then i was like i gotta read it and it had been like five months so i picked it up again and reread it yeah it was it was rough but it's yeah. still good absolutely yeah same with uh wizard and glass dark tower that's another yeah. one that hard to get through. but Hard to get through, but the payoff's good. Yep. Dresden Files, not a single book is hard to get through, bro. You're going to burn <laughs> through them. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, I was, I think all this started with Japan. <laughs> I was going to talk about the hardcore history episode, but we can skip that. Oh, yeah. Well, I haven't listened well, to it yet, but yeah. anyway, you can mention it. Well, the, the thing that, that got me about that was like, he starts off. And he talks about this guy who was so dedicated to Japan that he, like, still was fighting the war up until, like, 1974. He was, like, like, out in these caves in some random island, and he had never surrendered. And he was, like, the only way that he would surrender was if his commanding officer, like, told him 
to put down his arms. And so he had been like basically a terrorist of the people on this island for like 30 years. And this kid was like trying to convince him that like the war was over and he was like giving him newspapers and all this stuff to like prove that the war was over. And he thought it was like propaganda that was fake. And so they ended up, they ended up flying in his old commanding officer who was like, he owned like a shoe store. (laughs) So they flew him into the Island and then he was like, yeah, dude, war's over. And then the guy was like, all right, (laughs) I guess I'll surrender. (laughs) It was like 1974 or six or something. It was like, holy crap. So that was like the start of the episode. And of course, Dan Carlin, you know how he puts his spin on it. He's like, imagine a time. Yeah. Where, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely worth listening to. And it's going to be one of those like multi-part episodes. So we're going to get like the full story over Heck the next yeah. like year. So yeah, which is going to be awesome. So I highly recommend it. Hardcore history is my favorite podcast. If you guys haven't listened to it, even if you're not like a big history fan, take a listen. You'll probably become oh, a history fan he, after that. He is captivating. And here's the thing. If you're like me, you, you like you know if you're not into history you you might have been like me years ago where i thought like why bother learning this real life stuff it's so depressing so boring blah 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 i just want to invest in these fictional worlds right like star wars lord of the rings like i could tell you like everything about the lord of the rings world back in the day same with star wars <clears throat> and you know i was heavily invested in these stories and these characters and the, all of this lore and mythology but then I started reading some history and then I found hardcore history and it's like, oh, whoa, like the real world is more fantastic than even (laughs) the most fantastic fantasy story ever written. Yeah, man. Like you can't even compare. Yeah. Like and 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 some of the the way that Dan Carlin presents this information, it's just intoxicating. It's gripping the way he weaves these stories in and out and like and, and you see these little coincidences that like pan into into like world changing events and things like this it's just mind-boggling how it all comes together uh, and you know what too i feel like when you start becoming interested in history it kind of like charges you up to like pay attention to what's going on because yeah we live in a really strange time yeah. and like history we're is being made yeah history is being made right this minute and I don't know. So it kind of makes you want to like keep your eyes open and like pay attention to what's going on because, wow, there's a lot going on. Absolutely. So anyways, check that episode out. If you uh, haven't listened to any uh, episodes of Hardcore History, I really like Wrath of the Cons, which is all about uh, Genghis Khan, as he would say. And I also really like uh, uh, Blueprint for Armageddon, which is about World War One. Yeah. It's like just mind-blowing so epic epic let's see we're almost out of time again aren't we yeah i gotta do another short one guys i hate to do it to you but uh well luckily we're gonna make up for it in the near future with some really good interviews with some uh information that hopefully you guys enjoy yeah well let's quickly talk about game dev stuff i guess um i did a lot of game dev this week um mostly fixing bugs and also, I started implementing a desert uh, level in my game, which is, it was like super rewarding because I have like the framework set up for 
a level and then all i really had to do was like swap out some sprites basically and it was pretty awesome like i drew uh some palm trees and some cac- cacti and it was so cool just like seeing it in a game uh seeing like a different spin on this this thing i've been working on for months so that was pretty fun yesterday i like beat my head against the wall for like six hours trying to fix this stupid pathfinding bug that i've been having like my player doesn't you know when they when they hop around they can jump over a river but they weren't handling like two spaces of river in front of them properly so they would like jump into the water which made no sense and eventually like i seriously like was doing so much trying to get this to work and eventually i figured out that i was just (laughs) i was using the wrong data structure i was using a stack which is uh first uh first in last out oh wait no last in first out so a stack is basically like a stack of plates if you stack things up the last thing that you put on top is the first thing that you pull off and so i thought oh you know i'm gonna well the algorithm that i do i just build up a list of moves and then i go through those and like make the player move so i thought well i'll just use a stack I, i think it (laughs) <laughs> I think that makes sense, but then it was doing things in the reverse, but I couldn't, I didn't figure that out until the last, like, or until I spent like five, six hours on it. So then I literally switched the stack to a list and did it the same order as they were put in there and it just worked. <laughs> nice. So that felt good. Like pathfinding is mostly, mostly good. It, it might need some like efficiency tweaks. Like sometimes, um, well, knowing your code, bro. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. Like sometimes the path that they pick is kind of weird. Cause I'm, I didn't follow like a star or any of the known algorithms. I just kind of like made my own and I mean, it was, it's kind of cool, but it's, uh, they have some weird, you're like, I don't know why they picked this path to get to that spot it's not the shortest path so yeah um so i might I was tweak watching that a little some bit really really funny uh screen caps of like people working on pathfinding on their games uh, <laughs> the other day dude it was so funny like watching how bad <laughs> like they're just like they're like ah look my my little workers are like uh you know they're they're state workers or whatever and it's like they're just doing like the worst possible pathfinding ever they're like state workers paid by the hour <laughs> Uh, oh so funny watching people try to tweak that type of stuff dude yeah algorithms are hard (laughs) and implement even implementing a known algorithm is hard so it's something like every game developer should do at some point like the reason i stuck with this project was because i implemented some procedural generation and it was just like so rewarding like yeah seeing it in action so definitely uh dive into that if you're debating um but then what else uh i also played around with the unity profiler last night which was kind of interesting so the profile uh profiler is used to kind of like gauge uh how efficient uh your game is running like how much memory it's taking up things like that and it has just like this interesting graph showing like everything that's going on and i figured out last night that vsync was actually taking up a huge amount of basically it was increasing the time between frames by um 
like 300 (laughs) percent so (laughs) and like we're talking tiny milliseconds so it might not be even that big of a deal but it it was interesting because i i kind of like dove down this rabbit hole where i was like i generally knew like v-sync was about like graphic tearing right like it helps prevent graphic tearing so like if uh you're playing a game and you have v-sync off sometimes you'll see like this line across the screen where your character might get kind of like cut in half and like move across the screen slightly because the graphics itself like got torn but i didn't know like what that really meant and how it worked but literally in unity you can go into the uh, project settings and go to quality and they have a checkbox for (laughs) v-sync and so i just went in and i unchecked it and with it on, the time between frames was 16 milliseconds. And with it off, the time between frames was four milliseconds, which was like just kind of crazy to me. Um, and it was really eye-opening because I realized that like frame independence really matters um, or frame rate independence matters. So like when you move your player around, oftentimes in Unity tutorials, they tell you to multiply like the change vector by time dot delta time to make it frame rate independent. And in my game, I wasn't using that. So when I turned V-Sync off, like the player was like shooting across the screen. <laughs> uh, so I need to go in and fix that. It's uh, It's a little more complicated than just adding time dot delta time because of how I've how I've made the jumps but I need to figure out how to do that that way on every device they the player moves at, at pretty much the same rate you know or same speed I should say um so that was kind of interesting um I also dug more into design patterns this last week I read some more of the game programming patterns book um I also found this this uh YouTube series by this guy named uh, Christopher Akravi, um, who talks about like 13 different design patterns. And he's really good. Um, If you guys are looking for a good resource on learning design patterns, like I've found reading to be helpful, but it's probably more helpful to just like talk through it. And this guy like just kind of casually talks through a bunch of these design patterns. So I'll link his uh, channel in the show notes, but super handy. Um, the more that I'm like going on this journey, the more I want to build more architecturally sound software. And so Absolutely. design patterns are, are where it's at. Um, and, you know, like I'm feeling a lot of those, the impacts of not designing my game very well. Like if I want to make a change, it's just super painful to uh, to do that. So, anyways, the last thing I wanted to mention was shout out to Tim Ruswick. He came and uh, hopped on my stream this last week and was just checking things out. And it's always yeah. cool when Tim's around because he's, you know, I just have a lot of respect for him. Um, Absolutely. If you guys, if you guys uh, are interested too, like we've got two talks that we did with uh, Tim Ruswick. One specifically with just him, and another with uh, some other game dev peeps. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun talking with him. Um, 
yeah looking forward to uh having him on again in the future sometime totally but the thing that he mentioned because he was asking me how things were going and um you know we haven't talked in a while so i was just like explaining how i've I've been kind of dragging a little bit and you know some of the stuff we've been feeling with the podcast i was mentioning that we were kind of like floundering we feel like we're floundering a little bit and uh he in my chat he just said something along the lines of like he's realized that uh quantity is better than quality uh when you're making media um because he's well when he was on the the episode with us he was talking about doing a video a day for a year yeah and he stopped doing that i think after he hit a year and he said he wanted to focus on quality but he was having like even more trouble trying to like trying to to achieve what he wanted to achieve so he he ended up going back to one video a day and he's like you never know what people are needing out of your content so just keep consistent like stay consistent and keep producing content because the more you produce the more kind of like chances your quality ends up going up too you know and the the chance the chances of you like striking gold and having just like a great episode or stream or whatever just goes way up because you're just constantly doing it so right and i think like yeah that he's absolutely right anybody who who's a writer knows that you don't get to be a writer by just writing that golden sentence every day you get to be a writer by cranking out as much fucking trash as you can you want to be a musician man the your favorite bands are only writing the songs that make it into their greatest hits album you know what I mean? Like they're writing a bunch of shit you're never going to hear. Right. <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to write trash and, you know, you you just weed it out and it becomes law of large numbers. Right. Like if, if you write 10 songs, one of them is going to be good. You know, right. no doubt you're going to hit the you're going to hit the mark for someone. Right. But uh, well, it's the yeah. same with games. Like how many times do you hear these people who like the guy who made Flappy Bird or whatever? Like he had yeah. made like 50 games before that. Like, yeah. They were sure. flops. <laughs> no pun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the Angry Birds story, but oh, oh, um, could be. Yeah, yeah. You might be right. But uh, even even Flappy Bird, though, dude, or Flappy Bird, like that's fucking not. That's not a game that somebody who's going for quality makes, right? It, they literally <laughs> just hijacked other game principles and threw together something that became like the world's most played game for seven days. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, man. So just stick with it, guys. Keep chucking stuff out and even if you're working on a project that is taking up a lot of your time don't be afraid to fail a little bit you know what i mean like if you just throw together a game as best you can with as many ideas or whatever then you can whittle away the stuff that isn't working for you right you know you can whittle away the things that aren't working for you but if you never make anything then you're never gonna have anything that's finished yeah so well and that's kind of where i'm at with with my game is like I for a while I felt like I was putting a lot of pressure on myself like I need to have this game done by this this amount of time and I'm kind of like you know what like at this point who cares like this yeah. game doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything like it's I'm not like needing to earn money off of this so like let's just use this as a learning experience like it's you get kind of like scared to make a big change when your game is in like a working state but you know what like if 
if you kind of get courageous and put the time into like implement something that will be better for your game, but also teach you a lot, it's worth like breaking your game to rebuild it in a way that makes it, you know, makes it better, makes the, your code better or whatever. So, Absolutely. Yep. You just got to keep, keep going, keep pushing things out. Cool, man. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time for this week. We really appreciate you guys hanging out with us and hope you uh, had some fun. If you guys got some some books that you think Taylor should read, uh, go ahead and hit him up on Twitter uh, or on the Discord, right? You guys can get at us uh, at GameDevsQuest on Twitter or you can join the Discord. It's bit.ly forward slash GDQ Discord. We got lots of fun conversations going on in there. Share some pictures of your pets with us, man. We love that <laughs> shit. Yeah. Um, also, guys, Humble Bundle right now, they're running the up your game uh, software bundle right now and it's got all sorts of fun stuff including Camtasia which is a screen editor and video editor uh, screen recorder and video editor which you can use to you know grab videos of uh, your projects for screenshot Saturdays and stuff like that also they got Snagit uh, which is just a screen cap and and uh, image editing software thing too so one and the same one's for video one for picture uh, retails together for 300 bucks and you can get it right now for $20 if you use our code uh, bit.ly forward slash gdq hyphen humble uh, if you buy that bundle we get a little slice of the pie and it helps keep the lights on and helps keep doing what we're doing with, in the discord with game jams with the uh, with the podcast and all that sort of stuff so take a look at that there's also some really other fun little pieces of software on there I highly encourage you to take a look it's the up your game software bundle on humblebundle.com yep also, I'm gonna get it yeah, me too, man. I, well, I already bought it. To yeah. be honest. Uh, I saw that and I was like, oh, hell yeah, man. Uh, at least for even some of the $1 bundle stuff is really cool too. There's like voice control thing in there. And then a, a really cool like I, – I, it's called Reflector 3 and it's a screen mirroring app. So you can like cast stuff from your cell phone to your computer or vice versa. I'm not sure which. I haven't used it yet, but it looks really cool. So yeah, would, go ahead and take a look at that. I was just and, uh Go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say I was I was telling you earlier that would be really cool for my streams. Like if I'm putting a build of my game on my phone and then I can yeah. cast what I'm seeing on my phone onto my computer screen, boom! That's like everything you would need for a mobile game development stream. Absolutely, it's so cool. Take a look. There's nine days left on that. By the time you get to this, there's gonna be like two or three days left on it. So um, take a look at it and let us know what you think. Um, also, we love getting fan mail. If you want to do that, gdq at airpodcast.com. We appreciate it, guys. Uh, did I forget anything? I uh, think I did. I challenge us to, both of us, to come up with a topic this week that we can discuss on the next episode. Like game dev Excellent. topic we can dissect. There's that our, sounds great. There's our joint I challenge. <laughs> I appreciate that joint challenge. Uh -huh. I will not issue a challenge because you issued a joint challenge. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Taylor. I'm Rhett. Cue that music. Oh, yeah.